Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is the day we go to the NFC Championship. <laughs> yes, uh, one step closer to that chance oh, at a ring. One step closer to the edge. Yes, today is January 17th, 2021. We are playing the New Orleans Saints in a couple of hours. Going to show them who is boss. Who is boss? Uh, we've got a good show for you today. We're going to try and make it quick. We know we got this one out late. We had uh, electrical problems or power was out for a large party yesterday so we were not able to do the podcast and uh besides that we're just slackers you know we were supposed to do it friday maybe even thursday whatever i know <laughs> been a whole process <laughs> you know, we we have been so slack this it's year it's a process yes uh so we've got some fact checks and follow-ups for you we're going to cover the redskin game real quick or the uh, football washington team. football team real quick and then we're going to do the Saints preview and tell you what we think is going to happen and what we hope is going to happen and blah, blah, blah. All right, Molly, you got fact checks and follow-ups for us? I do. In the last episode, we talked about how the Buccaneers have not beat a team in under, you said, under 35-degree weather. And then we beat what team? We thought maybe it was the Eagles. It was actually the Chicago Bears in 2002, week 17. They went 4-12 that season, and it was the first game we had won in under 32-degree weather. We also asked where was Jason Witten currently playing, and it is indeed the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. So we talk about players who retire and then come back. Uh, oh, this one's a fun one, and I actually have uh, had to do a little bit of research on this one. Um, Tom Brady has beaten 17 teams in the playoffs, so we were <laughs> wondering what teams they were. Indeed, it does include the NFC teams that he beat in the Super Bowl, so out of six of those, he has beaten 11 AFC teams, including the Raiders, Steelers, Titans, Colts, Jags, Jets, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs. So those are all the AFC teams. It, it probably would have been quicker to say the teams he didn't beat. I know. I didn't figure those out. I guess I could real quick. But no. uh, probably all the shitty teams, basically. Yeah, the, t- the Browns the yeah, and yeah. the Bills. Uh, and then the NFC teams that he's beaten include the Rams, Panthers, Eagles, Seahawks, Falcons, and now the Washington football team. So okay. those are the six NFC teams. There we go. There we go. Not the Giants. No, not the Giants. This is Achilles heel. So I even wouldn't necessarily want to see them in the playoffs, no matter how <laughs> shitty they are, because I just feel like it's just one of those. Yeah, it's a mental thing by now, probably. Yeah, probably, I don't know. yeah. We All asked... Right. How long it had been since the Bills won a playoff game? It was 1995 was the last time. And, of course, now they've won two playoff games. They mm. beat the Ravens last night. Yeah. Just beat the snot out of them. You know, that's what sucked last night, too, was that our power went out right mm-hmm. when the um, the Rams and the Packers were playing. So it came back on pretty much the end of that game we saw maybe i think we saw the last touchdown where the packers brought it to 32 points yeah it, it was like completely out of reach for the rams at that point yeah yeah we didn't really even see the game it was just like no. by the time we got to it it was garbage time and then the power went out again later during the things yeah transformer blew up in my neighbor's house he texted me and I didn't get the text until after the crew came out and oh fixed gosh. it. We saw they had five trucks out and everything. Yeah, so, that's a lot. Yeah. That's uh, it's amazing how cold it gets, too. How cold oh, man, it was freezing last night. It was night. cold in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the Saints, uh, who, of course, last week with the Bears, they got into a fight, or one of their defensive players got punched by, or bears player and so we were talking about that who got punched the first time is what we asked and it was uh safety cj chauncey gardner who got punched by 
wide receiver Javen Wims in the first meeting. In the second meeting, it was wide receiver Anthony Miller punched none other than C.J. Chauncey Gardner. So he, he gets under people's skin. Yeah, he's great at that. So B.A. actually talked about it this week that we need to keep a cool head. Yeah. Which I agree. Although I'm not opposed to one of our players getting injected for punching somebody. We have yeah. so many wide receivers. You know, we've got yeah, so much depth at the Let Mike Evans go out there and yeah, beat up Lattimore or something. I like it. Do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, we talked about Deontay Harris, how I thought I had heard that he had just come back from injury. And indeed he has. He was on injured reserve with a neck injury, which he was placed on in, in December. So he's fresh. In addition, Michael Thomas was on IR, and he's just come back for the playoffs. He played last week against the Bears, and so he's fresh as well. And then, of course, Drew Brees spent a little bit of time not on IR, but injured. So he's nice and rested for the playoffs. So there we go. The last follow-up and fact check I have, we had we weren't sure about JPP's interceptions, how many he's got. He does have two. Not three. I thought maybe it was three. He had an almost interception that I think I was thinking counted, but it didn't. You got any follow-up with that, Chips, Ralph? No. Okay, I'm done then. Whip right through that one. Yes. Okay, uh, let's go through the Washington, yes, the Washington football teams, all 22 real quick. If you don't know, I got the uh, things I found interesting videos up. On YouTube, so go check them out if you haven't already. It was rather interesting. It took me a long time to get through it. There was a lot of notes. It wasn't until the fourth quarter where it actually became just, you know, wrote plays. So it was like almost every play before that was had some notes to it. Uh, a couple things I do want to correct. Uh, I was totally wrong in that our defensive line did get pressure on the uh, quarterback. Uh, their offensive line was really, really good. Probably the best offensive line we played all year. They totally shut us down. Uh, they, I mean, they were they were good. It, was, it wasn't that our we couldn't get a pass rush. I mean, we got a few that went that came through, but generally they just shut us down. They were they were they were good. Probably, like I said, the best offensive line we played all year. Um, the I had said that Barrett had dropped back into coverage 10 times. I counted, no, it was seven times. But still, he was basically a non-factor. JPP was a non-factor. I think he had one batted pass. Uh, Barrett had one or two good plays. I mean, for those guys, that's just unheard of. I mean, they're yeah. normally, you know, they've got a, at least a handful of really good plays. But they were really shut down. Sue got depleted. It's the first time I've ever seen Sue get depleted. He was being blocked by the right guard, and the right tackle came over and hit him and took him off his feet and knocked him on his butt. That has never happened before that I've watched. It was the right guard had hands to the face with Sue, so Sue couldn't see the tackle coming over to get him. And I think it, you know, it kind of caught him off guard, but still, Sue never gets uh, knocked off his feet like that, but he did. Their their offensive line was good, so I, I take back everything I said in our preview of the game and after the game. Uh, but still, it, you know, we won, so you know, whatever. <laughs> I recall seeing Sue on his knees at one point, like hands and knees, and it was the left side of the offensive line. Uh, I remember that during the broadcast, so I don't, I don't know if you remember that play or noticed it, but yeah, I don't remember. Uh, our offensive line, it it was nowhere near as aggressive as it has been the past few weeks. And also I want to bring up that we haven't uh, uh, been behind in three weeks. We have not, we've had the, the lead for three weeks and we're, we're going on. Let me see. We, we won four after the bye week, right? So we're on a five game win streak here. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive, if you ask me. Hopefully, we'll go on a seven-game, eight-game win streak, whatever it is. But seven. the offensive line was not near as aggressive as they have been the past few weeks. I mean, they were they were still pretty aggressive. They got a, a little chippy there, but not as much as they have been the past few weeks. That seemed like they were more focused on doing their job than they were beating people up. Yeah. Although they got some good ones in. 
Uh, Jensen got some in. Kappa did not play well when he was in. He got beat uh, by a number of different guys. And then he got his ankle broke by Ali Marpet body slamming. I think it was Sweat. can't remember who it was. He slammed him right on the Kappa's ankle. And you were telling me that Kappa, and I, you know, watching the game film, I didn't even know it happened until the next play. Normally, when you see these guys get hurt, you'll see them lay on the ground or, you know, writhe in pain, and you'll see other guys come over and start waving or whatever. But it didn't happen with Kappa, so I had no idea he was even hurt. Then the next play, I saw that uh, uh, Ted Larson had came in, and I was like, oh. So then I backed it up and watched it, and I was like, oh, that's when Kappa got hurt. But apparently Kappa didn't make any noise, didn't let anybody know. Uh, he walked off the sideline to the sideline this was with a shattered ankle and he wanted to come back in and play <laughs> un, until they found out he couldn't put weight on his foot yeah, but he was still trying to come back and play he's a tough guy yeah you know he, he, yeah he was out there playing last year with a broken arm that was crazy i like him but yeah he was getting beat quite a bit uh, to start the game and ted larson came in and like i said you know that's i'm, I'm keeping with that ted larson played good uh, he did get beat once, and then uh, another time he got beat, but it wasn't really him getting beat. It was the design of the play, and this takes me back to the play action. Uh, you know, everybody's screaming, we need to do p- more play action, more play action. And I'm saying, look, play action is great. I love play action, but it's got its drawbacks. Uh, and this game was a perfect example of it. Uh, one of the sacks that Tom Brady got was on a play action. Now, when you do play action, you – a lot of times the offensive line has to sell run, you know, because the linebackers and all these guys, they, they don't just look at where the ball's going. They look at what the offensive line is doing. And if they see the offensive line is going for a run, run blocking, then they'll come forward. Uh, our offensive line went for run blocking. We crashed left on that play. We did a play action to the left with the running back and, Gosh, I want to say it was Sweat or Pain, one of those two, who, you know, they played real well. If I think it was Pain. He, our line crashed left. He went right, and you know he wasn't following the the blockers. Uh, normally, the defensive line will go vertical down the line with the blockers. He didn't do that. He went left, and he got in between Worfs and Kappa, and he was totally unblocked. Well, Brady, Brady had, you know, he had to turn around to do the play action. And after he did the play action, he turns back around and there's a defender unblocked right in his face. There's nothing Brady could have done. So he just tucked the ball and got sacked. That's the danger of play action. You know, you've got your offensive line is not pass protecting. If somebody decides to not go, to not be fooled by the play action, they're just going to zip right through. And then Tom Brady can't see him until after he turns around. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, play action is not the end-all, be-all. It's, it's definitely a tool, but it's not the reason why we've lost. And yeah, it will not, not be the reason why we win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a slight correction. You said he went between Worfs and Kappa. Oh, yeah. I mean, Larson. Worfs and Larson, yeah. So, you know, you could say it was Larson's fault, but it wasn't really Larson's fault because in order for Larson to have blocked him, he would have had to stop his crash left. You could actually say it was more Worf's fault. You know, so, I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think Ted Larson did a good job for w- what he was in there, you know, to, to be called in like that to, and to never played with these guys before. I thought he did a really good job. I'm, I'm trying to zip through this because the game's getting ready to start here in a little bit. I, we want to get this podcast out just in case anybody wants to see what we have to say about the Saints game coming up. So, or so that we get some receipts. So we can get some receipts, Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and plus, we did a lot of research on all this stuff, and you know, it's been sitting here for two days, and we're trying to get this podcast, and we haven't been able to do it. So we're like, okay, we got a little bit of time here. Let's do it. Okay, uh, we uh, there was a couple of breakdowns in the secondary, but generally they played a pretty good job. Uh, I, you know, the the quarterback he did a good job. What was his name? Heineke. Mm-hmm. He did a pretty good job, but you you can't. If Brady and the receivers are in sync and the receivers catch the ball, you can't stop this offense. You can't do it. You can't do it. The I don't care what you do. You can't cover each receiver with two 
guys, and even then it, it might not matter. Brady is placing these balls so perfectly. And I pointed it out in the uh, Tiffy videos a little bit at how he's placing them so that they can even get yards after the catch. I mean, because there's plenty of times that, you know, they, they had great coverage on our guys, but you just, you just couldn't, there was nothing they could do. So hopefully we'll keep that up. Their secondary played pretty good. They had a few breakdowns in coverage. We had a few breakdowns in coverage. Their quarterback was uh, throwing some pretty decent balls, but not near as good as Brady. And their receivers dropped passes. Our receivers dropped passes. You know, so that's a, that's why it was a closer game than it should have been. It is, uh, you know, everything. But the the, the difference was uh, Brady's pocket presence and accuracy. That was really the difference in this game. Uh, their defensive line couldn't do much. Uh, our run blocking was superb. I mean, we opened up some huge holes. And they're a good run defense. Yes, they're a good run defense. I was really surprised mm-hmm. by that. Uh, that we had makes some me in- optimistic for the Saints game. Yeah, we had some uh, interesting interesting schemes in our in the run game that, that opened some stuff up. Were they uh, new? Yeah, yeah. We, we oh, had some new, new blocking things. They're their offensive line, the Washington's offensive line, basically they didn't do hardly any movement, man. I mean, it was just straightforward blocking on the run game and straightforward pass protection. There wasn't a whole lot of shifting, a whole lot of uh, pulling of guards or tackles or nothing like that. They, they really played a simple, but it, it was effective, except in the run game. That's one thing I got to say. This defensive line did great in run stuffing. I mean, we just killed them in the run yeah. stuffing. And that was a big difference in the game, too. Fournette, <laughs> he played excellent. Yeah. Excellent game. But he had a lot of help with the offensive line and the tight ends blocking as well. Uh, let me see. Uh, in the fir- fourth quarter, when the, when it was really close, our defensive line stepped up. We got a three and out. That was the only time where I could say, you know, it, it was that whole. It, it looked like during the, the first half of the game, again, it looked like, you know, our veterans were just kind of there, mm-hmm. you know, not really doing a whole lot. But it, in that one series when we needed to stop them coming out of the first, fourth, the second half, or no, it was the fourth quarter, 13-32, series started, we just dominated them, dominated them, and uh, with three and out. And then we got the ball, scored a touchdown. That's when we started getting some separation from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 99, Chase Young, yeah. Donovan Smith dominated him the whole game, but it wasn't just Donovan <laughs> Smith. Gronkowski beat the mess out of him. Oh the whole no, game. that's yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it wasn't even just Gronkowski. Josh Wells blocked him effectively. Okay. Josh Wells seventy three. I was like, what? Right. Yeah. So Chase Young either either is overrated or he just had a bad game. But yeah, we we just totally shut him down. I mean, with Josh Wells is blocking you. Gron- <laughs> Gronkowski blocked him one on one like five times, what? and he got nowhere. Wow. So yeah, that was interesting. Well, I mean, to Gronk's credit, like he's probably one of the best blocking tight ends in the yeah. league. But an elite elite defensive pass rusher right. should not be getting blocked by a tight yeah. end, no matter I, how good their run blocking is. Yeah, Chase Young looked very frustrated and almost defeated. Okay. Especially towards the end of the game, he was just kind of like there. Yeah, kind of a little big for his bridges, maybe. But I did notice in the fourth quarter, and I think somebody asked us about the quick passes. No, that was like the Atlanta they... game. Okay. Well, in this game, when we come out in the fourth quarter and our defensive line started really getting some pressure on Hunky, uh, they went to uh, very quick passes for the next couple of series, trying to avoid that pass rush. So you know. I think the the veterans, JPP, Sue, and Barrett, uh, and Golston, were saving up for the fourth quarter, and I think the Washington football team saw that, and so they said, okay, we're going to – because they totally shut them down in that one series. It was three and out, and then, like, the next series after that, it was just the Redskins getting the ball, hiking, and throwing it. You know, they were just like, we are not going to let this pass rush get to us. So That's good practice for the Saints. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Godwin had five dropped passes that I count, counted. Mm. And uh, I had to note that the pass rush was pretty good, especially in the fourth quarter. So, you know, it was, it was just one of those games. Uh, you know, we could have played better, but we, we played good enough to win. And, you know, Brady was on point 
If, if Godwin would have caught those five passes, this game wouldn't have even been close. I mean, he, he dropped one in the end zone. Uh, Brait dropped one in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it with his pass. Yeah, we, we – you know, we made mistakes, you know, both defense and offense, uh, but we played well enough to beat them, and that made me happy. So. I have two. I have two things, and they actually both have to do with my ghettos. First of all, we talked about Tom Brady setting records the last time. Mike Evans also set a franchise wow. record for postseason receiving yards at 122. Nice. Yeah, he he's been breaking all kinds of records this year, man. Yeah. He he's the the top offensive player in Buccaneers history. How awesome it's amazing, is that? I know. Yeah. What happened with that, that pass where Mike just stuck his hand out? He just tell? stuck his hand. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, he wasn't held. His other arm wasn't mm-mm. held. Oh, you know, I didn't even look at that. Okay. I, I didn't mark it down, so maybe I didn't. Uh, didn't notice. I forgot to, to check on it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of penalties, they had quite a few penalties that were uncalled. We did too, but uh, they definitely, if you watch the Tiffy video, the, the quarterback was false starting. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how many times yeah. I counted, but uh, it, it was quite a bit, and it really pissed me off that the referees let him do that. They let Drew Brees do it too. You know, he's He doesn't do it as much, but he does it when he's trying to get – an offsides penalty. He'll dart his hands out real quick. I pointed that out in, in the videos yeah, too. Yeah, and it's explicit in the rules. Very explicit, like, yeah. Can, it says you cannot move your hands out like you're about to hike the ball. That is a false start. Yep. Yeah, and he did it twice in one play. He did yeah. it twice. You know, he, he stuck his hands out simulating a hike, and then he put his arms to the side, and then did it again, and then stuck his arms to the side, and then – then eventually hike the ball. So, yeah, I've got three. I got I got eight. Not eight times. Eight times he did it. It was just. And they a, should have called it. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely should. Yeah, the the refereeing in this was crap. But both teams were rather disciplined. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on, but the refs weren't calling anything. Now that let's move to the uh, Saints game. That mm-hmm. really worries me about the Saints game. It's might be my biggest concern is, you know, they they do a lot of cheating. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they do a lot of holding and all that, and the refs are not calling it this year. So they're taking advantage of it. The first game we played them, they just tore us up with it. And uh, they do the, the false starts. If you watch uh, Drew Brees, he'll dart his hands forward or he'll nod his head, you know. And then they've got this thing where – uh, I noticed this during the Chicago game. They did it to us. I want to say it was the left guard. It might have been the left tackle. Drew Brees will go into a hard count, and the left one of the offensive linemen on the left side will turn his head real quick, you know, and it'll it'll cause people to drop jump off sides. You're not allowed to do that. I don't know why it's not being called, but you know, hey, whatever. Uh, that's one thing we have to really pay attention to is uh, the ball. Let's watch the ball. Let's not let's not pay attention to anything else. Let's watch the ball. When the ball gets snapped, that's when we go. You know, mm-hmm. the Saints are really really good at getting people to get offsides. Uh, you remember OJ Howard? No, who's that? <laughs> he was on this team at the beginning of the year. We had him week one against them. He he got we lost him week four against the Chargers. I totally forgot he was on this team. Oh, no. My point being is that we're a totally different team now than we were, even when we played them in week nine. Definitely yeah. in week one, you know, we, we had uh, more of the vertical offense going. The receivers were not on the same page a lot with Tom Brady. We had O.J. Howard in there. Uh, Gronk was, you know, he was still learning everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we're a totally different team, you know. I think that uh, even week nine, uh, Antonio Brown, that was his first game. It was week nine against the Saints. So, you know, they haven't played us with all of our receivers healthy and, you know, Antonio Brown in there and all of them on the same page. Uh, there was a couple of miscommunications in the last game that kind of worried me uh, with the receivers and Tom Brady. So hopefully we won't have any of that. Hopefully it'll be boom, boom. But what we're doing now is we're doing a lot more of Tom Brady's plays, the, his bread and butter, those uh, slants and crosses and uh, uh, 
quick passes over the middle. We're doing a lot more of that, and we're getting a lot more yards after the catch, which is great. That's Tom Brady's bread and butter. He's just so accurate with hitting these guys on the run. So we're doing a lot more of that. Uh, the Saints haven't seen that, you know, where they're used to these vertical passes from us. And they can't stop the vertical passes anyhow. And we don't have to worry about the vertical passes from the Saints. They might get two, maybe three, mm-hmm. you know, deep balls. But, you know, we're going to throw 15. Well, and they're better at yards after the catch, too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Scott Smith reported in his preview, Kamara has 756 receiving yards during the regular season. 731 came after the catch. Damn. So, a vast majority. And Mm. then, you know, Deontay Harris, he's similar. Like, he's so fast that he had a lot of success against the Bears when he came back. And that's what B.A. said was that he's more concerned with Deontay Harris than he is with Michael Thomas because Deontay Harris is just so fast. And, of course, he's their returner, too, which we struggled with him. The Mm -hmm. first, was it the first matchup or the second? First. Probably both. Yeah, probably (laughs) both. Yeah. But uh, he really killed us the one game. Okay, what do you think about the run game and trying to control the Saints? by running the ball. This actually came from a YouTube listener. Controlling the Saints for running the ball? No. Us. Yes, us running the ball. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see us, you know, keep keep Drew Brees off the field and us just pound it down the field. We could have done that with the Washington football team. Unfortunately, Arians just ain't going to do it. He's not going to do it. He is a pass-first, pass-heavy guy, and, you know, that's his thing. He just loves it. You know, running the football is almost an afterthought with them. It would be nice because we could have done that with Fournette. Uh, we could have just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and we would have won that game. Uh, but we don't do it. We never do it. You know, last time we played the Saints, would we have six rushing attempts? Oh, yeah. You know, something oh, like that. Oh, was that the one where we had the fewest? Yeah. Yeah. We tied for yeah, the I fewest in six. NFL history or some crap yeah. like that. Uh, I want, hell, I want to say we had three, but uh, Tom Brady, I think, scrambled a couple times. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I think we could win the game if we did that. You know, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, uh, go deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, run the ball, run the ball, routes across the middle, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. it it's going to be a shootout. Bruce Arians said that Ronald Jones will be a game-time decision. It's 2.30 now, so it might have already come out. I haven't been on Twitter. But that Leonard Fournette was going to get the start today. And, of course, the Saints run game, I mean, run stopping is really good. They're fourth in 2020, both in terms of yards allowed per game. They allowed 93.9. And then yards allowed per carry was 3.85. But, you know, the... Washington football team are they're good run stoppers too. Yeah. And so I'm I think they were second in the league, right? I think so. And so I'm encouraged by what you said with our run blocking last week that it was pretty successful against That them. was it was freaking awesome. I mean they were they were just they were opening up holes that I could have picked up ten yards from. <laughs> Uh, if Taysom Hill does not play, that's going to be a big help to us because he really hurt us in week nine. Yeah, they're they're saying today it came out that he's probably not going to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he pretty much beat us in week nine, you know, with those runs, you know, between that and the holding. Uh, but not them not having him is, is going to help us greatly. Uh, Ali Marpet was out week nine against the Saints. Oh, really? Yes. Haig replaced him. Uh, so they've and Haig did not play so well. Oh, no. What was that with Allie? Uh, I can't remember. I can't either. Yeah. Oh, concussion. He had a concussion. Concussion. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we had two interceptions against Breeze. I think it was week one, right? Where uh, uh, Tom Brady threw two, or no, oh, no we, we we got him two off. interceptions. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see that again. <laughs> You know, I think ball possession is going to be huge in this game. We'll get to that in a second about what we think is going to be 
the keys to the game. Yeah. Uh, for this game, Steiny, Aaron Steiny's going to be playing uh, Stinny. right. Stinny. Yeah. He's going to be playing right guard. Now, how did he do in week 16 against the Lions? Uh, he came in at uh, halftime for Ali Marpet. Uh, so he was at left guard. Uh, he did he did good. Uh, he played well, but the opponent wasn't that great. And he only played 95 snaps. Of those 95 snaps, he had one bad play. That's great. But again, you know, that was left guard and going up against the Detroit Lions. So, and plus it was garbage time. It was We were up at like 40 points at that point. So there's really no telling how he's going to be at right guard. It kind of worries me because you got Wirfs and Steiny. They're both young guys, Steiny. Uh, Jensen's going to really have to keep an eye on them. And Wirfs I'm not worried about, but, you know, that right guard position, you know, is going to need help. And uh, hopefully Wirfs will, you know, keep an eye on him. And Jensen, hopefully he'll keep an eye on him. Uh, it does worry me because, you know, coming up through the middle, is that's how you beat Brady. You know? Yeah. And the Saints got five of the 21 sacks that we've allowed this season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they did it a lot through that A-gap blitzing. Yeah. And A and B-gap. They did it. They would run two linebackers, two blitzers uh, through the B-gap or the A-gap, you know, depending. But they would run them right behind each other. And it was really hard to block. So, you know, they're going to come up with some interesting things. I doubt if they'll do that again. They might try it a little bit. But, you know, get – you want to you want to attack Brady straight up the middle because you know he's not a mobile quarterback and if he sees you coming he's just gonna take the loss. Yeah, he'll take you know, he's not gonna try to get out of the way. And if you come at him from the sides or whatever, you know he'll he'll scramble around in the pocket. But if you come up straight through the middle, he's just gonna tuck the ball and you know kind of sit on it. Uh, Scott Smith pointed out how statistically similar we are to the Saints. So. Yeah, we're yeah. We scored the third most points in the league and had the eighth best scoring defense. The Saints have the fifth ranked scoring offense and the sixth ranked scoring defense. So we're close there. Both sides of the ball. We are first in the league in rushing defense. The Saints are fourth. New Orleans have the sixth best pass rush. As far as sacks per pass play, the Bucks were seventh. So we're right there with them. And then we were fifth, or the Saints were fifth in red zone touchdown efficiency. We were seventh. Yeah. So super close in a lot of metrics. Yeah, and unfortunately they have refs on their side. Not in not in the sense that the, you know, the refs want them to win or whatever. Uh, but you know, the refs are being very strange this year, especially with holding. They you know, they're just not calling it a lot. And the Saints have taken advantage of that. And, you know, I do think that the Saints are a little scared of this. I mean, the refs are a little scared of the Saints, you know, after you know, a few years ago when they blew that big call in the championship, oh, yeah, you know, and everybody freaked out, you know, everybody's been kind of hand, you know, use, refing the Saints with kids gloves, you know. Uh, so we're going to have to deal with that. We're not just going to be playing the Saints. We're going to be playing the refs, too. And that sucks. Uh Big thing, quarterback, receiver, miscommunication, miscommunication on defense, blown coverage, dropped passes, poor tackling, and bad officiating. Those cost us the game in week nine. I do not think that the Saints beat us so much as we beat ourselves because of those things. We, we did have a lot of breakdown in miscommunication between wide receiver and quarterback, as well as defense in the secondary. Uh, we had a lot of blown coverage. We had dropped passes. We had poor tackling. You know, those are all things that we did. They didn't do that. We did that. And then there's the bad officiating. Bad officiating, there's nothing we can do about that. Our tackling has gotten a little bit better. Uh, quarterback receiver communication has gotten a lot better. Uh, defensive communication has been you know, pretty good. We're not doing a whole lot of blown coverage. Uh, dropped passes last week scared me with my boy Godwin. Uh you know, but it, it, like you said, it's probably the gloves. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the big things was their average drive start. They started on the 44 was their average drive start. Ours was the 20. That's 24-yard difference. You know, and I'm not a big stat guy. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't really tell you a whole lot, but it was huge. Uh, of the 11 possessions by both teams, 
Uh, we had nine starts that started on our 25 or less. They had three. That's a huge, huge difference. Uh, our special teams has got to step up, man. You know, they can't. Their special teams is really good, especially on kicks and punts. They got that uh, Dante guy. Uh, what's his name? Dante Adams? Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris. Yeah, he's he's fast. He's And they block and they tackle. So, you know, we, we've got to step it up. I'm worried that special teams might end up being the difference in this game. Uh, you know, if you ask me, this is going to be a very, very close game. It's most likely going to end up in a shootout. And little things are going to matter. Possession is going to matter. Turnovers are going to matter. Penalties are going to matter. And I think, unfortunately, special teams is going to matter. Uh, I think we match up well, you know, the defense and offense, both sides. But I think that, uh, you know, if we play our game, if we play our game, get our communication well, our tackling well, receivers catch the ball, you know, they ain't going to be able to stop us on offense. We're just going to, you know, we're going to score at will. Uh, you know, they they take a little bit longer to score than we do. So I think that, you know, us banging out scores, hitting big plays, uh, pounding the ball in the running game, if we do that, you know, and, and lopside the possession a little bit, then I think we can win it. But it's going to be close. It's going to be close. We're not going to blow them out. They're not going to blow us out. It's You know, I'm thinking – I'm thinking one, two, maybe three-point difference in this game. You mentioned the turnovers. Um, Scott Smith broke that down. It was pretty crazy. The We were plus eight in turnover ratio in 2020, so we ranked sixth. And the Saints were plus nine, so they were tied for third. <laughs> but in our matchups, the Bucks were negative four in the turnover ratio. And there were 31 points scored off of turnovers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so a huge difference. Exactly. And since we played New Orleans in week nine, we've only committed seven turnovers in eight games. So, and we only had two in the last five. So, ball security has been a real, we've turned it around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, penalties, you know, we've, damn near cut them out totally. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're a different team than we were week one, definitely, for sure. Uh, you know, they got lucky playing us week one. Uh, week nine, definitely a different team, you know, coming into town today. We're a much better, much uh, more uh, disciplined football team. I think it's going to come down to field position, which really screwed us the first couple of games and especially off of the turnovers um, and tackling, you know, Camara is hard to bring down. Like he's a strong back and he's agile. And so I think our linebackers need to be on their P's and Q's. They've got to, and you know, Deontay Harris too, like someone who's fast like that, it's easy to overshoot. Or, yeah. Or know, shifty, these shifty guys. Exactly. Yeah. So I would like to see some sure tackling mm. and, you know, minimize those turnovers. I think those are going to be, it's, it's the little things in these games, you know, like a turnover is yeah. kind of a, a field position, a little thing, and they all just add up. So I think if we can excel in those areas, it's really going to give us an edge. And I think like what you said, it's going to be more of a shootout than it was the last match, especially with our receivers all clicking and, you know, Tom Brady, everybody's on the same page for the most part. And I think in general, we need to stay focused collected so not getting baited by these mouthy you know chippy guys and i think um tom brady is really going to be pivotal in this acting as the field general that he is i think he really has to like he always does have control of everybody you know keep everybody on the same page focused i liked in the mic'd up that i saw of him in the Washington game. It was really good, but it was interesting. It gave you a sense of how he is on the field. And in general, 
when I see, like, interviews with him or press conferences, like, he's kind of goofy and a little bit weird and stuff. But when he's on that field, he is just a commander. And he is really, I think, relatable to the other guys. And he just, it's it's just a totally different person. You can totally tell that that's just his element. So it was good to see. And I'm looking forward to it this game. I think it'll make a huge, huge difference. Uh, I do have some. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm predicting that Antonio Brown's going to have a huge game. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, and I'm wondering, like, the Saints haven't really had to deal with him, Mm-mm. although he's been on his P's and Q's. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him just quietly, like, torch them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That'd be fun. Because he is kind of obnoxious, like. <laughs> His his Super Bowl or his uh, touchdown dances are funny. Well, first of all, he's always like on his knees and he's like, ah, that's his celebration. Mm. But I've seen some funny ones from when he was back in Pittsburgh, like twerking and stuff. So I'd like to see him do that in the Saints face. Yeah. And the Saints have been playing Godwin and Evans for years now, and they know how to play them. They don't know how to play Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown is a totally different player than those two. Those two run their routes. They're big. They're strong. And, you know, they don't really try to shake guys. They're not putting moves on people and everything. They're just going to run the route and, uh, you know, expect to beat you catching the ball and then beat you after they catch the ball. And Tony Brown now, he puts moves on out there. Uh, he did a couple times against the Washington football team where, he, I mean, he actually, you know, juked guys out of their shoes. And it was nice to see. There was one where he, he was open for a touchdown, but Brady had already thrown the ball. You know, he was already looking the other way and, you know, in his throwing motion, and Antonio Brown juked the guy out, and the guy was just, he was, he was three yards past the guy, <laughs> you know, and, and screaming down the field. And it was a it was a it was a beautiful move, and you know the Saints aren't they don't they're not used to that from us, you know. So mm-hmm. I think I think hopefully we can uh, exploit that. You yeah, know, that's another element because we're so familiar with each other mm-hmm. already. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay. Uh, this will be the first NFL postseason game ever featuring two starting quarterbacks in their 40s. <laughs> the first geriatric <laughs> game. The geriatric bowl. Sponsored by the double A-A-R-P. ARP. Yeah. Ben Gay. Or Metamucil. <laughs> or the pins. <laughs> uh, well, Lamar Jackson's performance could probably be sponsored by Depends. Ooh. Damn. You went there, didn't you? (laughs) I did. Um, Okay. The Saints backup center, Will Clapp, tested positive for COVID the other day, and so he's out against on Sunday. Uh, But contact tracing identified no high-risk close contact. So that was from Tom Pellicero. Uh, Other news around the division, former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn was hired by the Dallas Cowboys to serve as defensive coordinator. Wow, man, they are just uh, stacking up over there in the Cowboys, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the Falcons have announced the hiring of Tennessee offensive coordinator Arthur Smith as their new head coach. So they're going from a defensive mind to an offensive mind. I wonder what it means for Raheem, Dirk Cutter. They're all gone, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Raheem is being looked at by, oh, man, who? There was a, oh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars has defensive coordinator. Yeah, Urban Myers has already contacted him. Oh, interesting. Okay. The Eagles requested an interview with Tom Bowles. So we'll see about that. Uh, I get the impression that these teams are just doing this for the Rooney Rule. Uh, it, none of them seem serious about Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you're going to question, you know, bring Todd Bowles as an interview and then you're going to hire uh, the offensive coordinator for Tennessee, it's like, well, why'd you even bring a defensive coordinator in? Yeah, that's true. It seems like they were going in the total opposite direction. Yeah, they went total opposite direction. The Lions had an interview with Todd Bowles scheduled, and then both parties agreed to cancel the interview because tight ends coach Dan Campbell with the Saints is emerging as the front runner. So that was another one. Tight ends coach for the Saints? 
Yeah. So. He remember when the I think I can't remember who I think Felden was fired in Miami and the um I can't I can't remember what he was at the time. But he was like a young guy, one of the coordinators. I want to say the offensive coordinator, Dan Campbell, filled in as the interim coach in Miami. The NFL is so biased towards offensive coordinators. You know, you hear about uh, offensive coordinators getting head coaching jobs, even, you know, like tight end <laughs> coaches, uh, wide receiver coaches, but you never hear secondary coaches or defensive back coaches or linebacker coaches or defensive line coaches mm-hmm. getting head coaching jobs ever. You know, maybe a defensive coordinator might get a head coach job. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, Todd Bowles, Dan Quinn. Yeah. I don't know. It just depends. I think, like, whatever the prior regime in a team was, they just go the opposite way. Opposite direction, yeah. 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 We signed Earl Watford, uh, offensive lineman, who really? was with us last year. We signed him, and we put Alex Kappa on IR. No surprise there. Yeah. And then we have four protective practice squad players this week. It is linebacker Dayon Buchanan, Greg Joseph, guard Ted Larson, which I guess he's back on the practice squad, and then Herb Miller, cornerback. And then the last little bit of news, which I thought was interesting. He said, Bruce Arians said that Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero, has been a consultant for the Bucks this season and has worked with several players in their rehab and recovery process. And Arians also said that his wife, Chris, had, seen, had used the TB12 method for her knee as well. Or she had been to TB12. And I think that Mike Evans said that the TB12 method helped his knee as well so it's a total turnaround from when tom was at the patriots and of course they kicked alex guerrero out of the facility because he was helping other players in the facility and they didn't want him to so it's a huge turnaround Mm -hmm. uh, as far as that goes i just thought it was interesting we had talked about it in the off season yes yeah it was funny we talked about it in it's like the the buccaneers media it's, the, it's almost like they still don't know who this guy is, but he's a, he's a huge, huge, huge part of Tom Brady's life. And most people speculate that's the reason why he left the Patriots is because they wouldn't let his it, – it's his business partner too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't let him be involved with the uh, the locker room anymore. They actually kicked him out of the facility. And so when he came here to Tampa, I'm sure that was part of the thing. It was like, hey, I want to bring my guy in and all this good stuff. And, you know, Bruce Arians was like, we don't care. Yeah, Whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. All right. I've got the injury report and then I am ready to wrap it up. How about you? Okay. You got any more? Nope. Okay. On the Bucks side, Jeremiah Ledbetter with his calf injury has not participated all week. He has been ruled out. Andrew Adams, it was not injury related. Uh, he was out Thursday and Friday and is questionable. Ronald Jones did not participate Wednesday. He returned in a limited capacity Thursday and Friday. He is questionable, as I said. Jordan Whitehead sustained a knee injury in practice, it looks like. He was fine Wednesday and Thursday, popped up on the injury report on Friday, and he is questionable. Carlton Davis has a groin injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, but was a full participant on Friday. Mike Evans with the knee injury, he was limited all week. He's got no injury designation. Chris Godwin has a hip and a quad injury. And he was limited Wednesday and Thursday, did not participate Friday, probably a rest day because he has no designation. Ali Marpet popped up on Friday on the injury report with a pectoral injury but was a full participant on Friday. Sean McCoy, he was ill, but was a full participant all week. JPP, with his knee injury, he did not participate all week, but no injury designation. And then Ndamukong Sue had his uh, Veterans Day off on Friday, no injury designation there. On the Saints side, and we got a long list, the Saints don't hardly have anybody, they got six people. Their cornerback, Patrick Robinson, has a hamstring injury, did not participate all week, and is out. Taysom Hill has a knee injury. He didn't participate Wednesday and Thursday. 
He was limited Friday, and of course we're hearing today he's probably not going to play. We will see. Running back Latavius Murray had a quad injury. He did not participate Wednesday and Thursday, was limited Friday, and is questionable. Tackle Taryn Armstead has an elbow injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, but a full participant on Friday. Tight end Jared Cook has a back injury. He was also limited Wednesday and Thursday, and a full participant on Friday. And then defensive end Troy... Is that Trey? I think Trey Hendrickson has a neck injury. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday, but a full participant on Friday. So the only one it looks like, well, for sure they're going to miss Patrick Robinson, but probably also Taysom Hill. All right, so what do you think? Give us give our predictions, and let's get out of here and start watching some football. Okay, you know, they the Saints only put up 21 against the Bears. So I'm going a little more optimistic. You know, I'm just going to say I think the Bucks are going to win. Let's take the Bucks. Yeah. Homer. I'm a homer completely. I'm going to go with uh, Saints 23, Bucks 28. Damn. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Bucks 32, the uh, Saints 31. I think that's going to be it. All right. We got it, guys. We got it. Here we go. We win this. We are NFC Championship bound. What? We'll be playing the Packers at Lambeau Field. That's a scary thought in itself. But, hey, we beat the mess out of the Packers early in the year mm-hmm. when we weren't that good. And we're or better. When we, we, uh, when we lost Vita Vea, that was the first game without Vita. Uh, we still, you know, was it? Uh, anyhow, yeah, so we'll be playing the Packers, but hey, we can't look that far ahead. We got to beat this game, beat this team. Uh, one of the big things I worry about is the coaching. I do think their coaching staff does have an edge on our coaching staff, unfortunately. Uh, they come up with trickier plays, they do uh, more uh, in game adjustment, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be an edge that'll have, but and come on, let's do this. Let's do this. We got it. Everybody get the positive energy out there. Bucks are going to win. Bucks are going to win. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Uh, get excited. Here we go. Till next time. Go Bucks.